2: This
0: is the Toffee Web Podcast. Branthwaite, now McNeil. It's gone in nicely for Dan Tumor. It breaks Fulham's way initially. Then the shot comes in and now it's in from Beto. It bloomed up into the air, and he's done it again in the League Cup for Everton. He's got them back in it with an equalising goal. That is full-time at Goodison Park, it's finished one apiece. A penalty shootout at Goodison Park. It's a short run-up from Beto, and he scores for Everton. McNeil, then, with Everton's second spot kick, successful and he batters it home and that's his character Dan Juma and confidently strokes it home decord over Reed, the jinking run and the save from Pickford Everton have a chance to win it now Amadou Anana from the penalty spots to send Everton to the semi-finals of the League Cup, and he's failed to do so. Sudden death it is at Goodison Park. Idrissa Garnic, okay. oh, he's hit the post. Jordan Pickford needs to save, and he can't do so. And Fulham squeeze it past the Everton goalkeeper.
3: Hello Blues, it's the Toffee Web Podcast, and it's another case of hello darkness, my old friend, when it comes to Everton. At the League Cup, the Toffees had one foot in the semifinals and just needed a penalty kick from Amadou onana in the same vein as the four that preceded him, and they would have been in the last four for the first time in seven years. Alas, that's not what the Belgian elected to do, and well, you know the rest. The mood at full-time was, of course, very different on Saturday evening after Everton's 2-0 win at Burnley that extended their winning streak to four games and put more distance between us and the bottom three. But with injuries disrupting key parts of the team and two really tough fixtures to come either side of it, uh, it feels as though we're in for a bit of a winter grind. Uh, given how raw and fresh in the mind it feels, we should probably deal with last night first, though. Andy, you made the long trip up from the southwest and what probably felt like an even longer journey back, I'm sure. Uh, sum up your feelings 24 hours on.
1: I'm not over it. Um, and um, <clears throat> it it had it had so many... There were so many moments last night when you, that, that it could have been amazing. Goodison, I felt, was... Rocking last night, it it felt like a really positive place. Um, there was encouragement. There was there was lots of atmosphere. There was the ire of Goodison when things go against it, and it, it kind of rallies the team. And there was so much there that I thought oh, I'm really pleased I made this trip. This is this is great, even though we were losing for for a large part of the game. I I, I, I felt I felt like it was um, a a a good night at Goodison potentially, and then we got the equaliser, and I, 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 I could only see one team winning it. Even on penalties, I could only see one team winning it if it went that way. Um, and it was just all set up, wasn't it? It was all set up for that moment. And, um, well, I'm sure we'll come on to the, the ins and outs of the, of the penalty. Um, but to look at the game more generally, I was actually, I was actually quite positive about us really I I mean I know it wasn't our best performance I know we kind of missed a decoré we Calvert Lewin felt a bit isolated um but I could see you know this first time I've seen this live um since we've been doing quite well and I can see why we're doing well um the, the hard work is there um the structure is there all of those things but the way I'm feeling today is just I don't know. It's it, it's very easy to forget the last two weeks we've had in a moment like that, um, and it just seems to cloud. You just think, oh, if we just scored that penalty, if one of the other two takers that went after Onana had just taken the fifth, because they were emphatic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's you know, what that one moment clouds. Actually, I still come. I still think. I, mean, I still. I have the kind of the rational thinking today to think, well, we are in quite a good place relatively. Um, it was just such an opportunity. It was such an opportunity. And I'm just waiting now for Fulham to draw Middlesbrough and then the picture will complete be complete, won't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, no, no criticism from me uh, for the players at all. I uh, thought the uh, yeah, you're right, it wasn't the be- wasn't the best performance, but you can't you can't fault the amount of effort they put into the game. They they worked so hard to to get back. And bear in mind, this is a Fulham team who've you know they've they won a couple of games five nil recently, you know, and um, yeah, they lost four three at Liverpool. They scored a lot of goals there, you know, and well, I know the last game they lost three nil, but they had ten men for a lot of that. Like, yeah. You know, these aren't on a bad side. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah, they they, you know, they, got, they got good quality in that team. So, yeah, we, yeah, probably like Fulham will feel like, you know, plus Fulham had something to hold on to, didn't they? You know what I mean? So, the start, and that so probably drew us into a little bit of the sort of street fight they wanted, really, with like, because they were just, you know, sitting on their win uh, uh, as it was, really. And then, you know, they, they just kept on going, the lads. I thought, and you know, we started slowly, and then... Um, I thought, after maybe 10 minutes or so, we really turned the game around, and then up until Fulham scored, I don't really think they were really in that first half, you know, and that was an own goal, you know what I mean? So, I have no complaints at all with the players for the effort they put into the game. Um, yeah, I'm a bit, a bit surprised with some of the criticism. Not that there's been loads, but... And, um, you know, they've done, so, they've done so, so well this last uh, however long now, and we can't lose sight of that going into these next few games. They've, um, they've done really well, but... Um, we have to look at the penalties, obviously more than anything else, or the penalty. And I, I just I just can't fathom it. I'm, I'm I'm so I'm so frustrated. I'm so um so disappointed in that in, in, in that spot kick. I'm not sure why Onana was the fifth one up. I don't know why James Garner wasn't really. I thought he'd be the man. Remember when Garner went down with that, like it looked like quite a serious injury, he was um he was holding his ankle and we I think me and Stephen we were saying like that doesn't look good. The way he's gone down there, that he could have, he could have really done his ankle there or whatever it was. And we thought like, well, God, he's probably going to be one of the penalty takers. You know what I mean? So we I mean, actually tallied off the other four as well. So it was like, you know, because he, they're the ones you sort of back. Beto, Danjuma, uh, Keane, because he's 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 quite a good finisher. McNeil, good strike of the ball. Um, and you thought Gone would be the most obvious one. But when it, when on on, I stepped up for that. I remember thinking, have you seen him really shoot much before? Has, has he got a backup for like you know? hitting a lot of shots and he scored a few goals of headers and stuff, but you know I thought, is he your man really? But to do that, I mean if, if he um regardless I'm sure I'm sure they've they've been practicing them in training. I'm sure they felt he was the right choice. I'm sure they've worked at all them things. But if he comes up if he if he runs up and hits it and Leno goes down to his left and makes a really really good you know really good save, guesses the right way he saves it, you know you you, you don't really have too many complaints. You're like, oh okay, well he had to go. To do something as ridiculous as that, I'm just I'm just completely dumbfounded. And Linda and I were just saying off air, it's like there, there's no ifs and buts here. If that goes in within the semi-final, there's no extra, time. there's no there's no opportunity for Fulham to you know to come back into it. There's no there's nothing else. That's it. That's literally it. You know. So um, so yeah, so so gutted about like uh, you, you can't get any closer than that and to and to blow it. Without really giving Leno anything to do in the shoot, really, it's just uh, really criminal. So yeah, I'm so 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 disappointed in that in, in that spot kick from Anana. Um, I don't like to, you know, I don't like to to jump on players. I don't like to single players out. I really don't. But that was ridiculous. Um, really, really, and uh, it's it's justifiable people being being disappointed with him today because it was it was. You know, really below below the standards to expect that in that in that situation. So, yeah, very disappointed and honour there. I can't I can't really hide that. Got to be honest.
3: Yeah, I can't I can't disagree. I mean, that was not the penalty <laughs> of a player who grasped what it what that tie meant to Evertonians, what a semi final and a shot at Wembley Wembley meant to us. I mean, we've been through two and a half painful, stressful, draining years. We are, you know, in the future of the club's still up in the air. We needed this, this, this cup dream, you know, to to survive on because, you know, with the with the points deduction, and you know, working on the assumption we don't get any back. You know, this this season is 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 going to be about avoiding the drop, and that's it. You know, we're going to finish mid table at best. Obviously, we've still got another, you know, another FA Cup, um, the other, the FA Cup to come. But I mean, you know, it's unlikely we're going to get as close to a semi final as we did um in the last night you know like you Paul I don't want to go in with both feet as it were on 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 I mean he's still relatively young um but he does have a bit of a swagger and a bit of arrogance I mean call it what you will that can sort of cut both ways and that I mean it wasn't the moment for showboating I mean nor was it really a moment for as you said Paul he's not a player that has a track record for scoring um with his feet or, or any sort of previous for handling moments like that um and uh, I think I have a, Twitter, a, a tweet somewhere. I hate short run ups, stutter, stutter step run ups for penalties. I mean, you're giving the keeper more of a chance than he otherwise would in a situation that, that clearly favors the kicker. And to do what Anana did when the fella before you had just missed trying the same bollocks that, you know, that just made it worse. It, I mean, it was just infuriating. You've just seen that they could ever read, you know, try and out Fox Pickford and made to look like an ass. And you go up and do almost exactly the same thing. I mean, uh, I don't know. As you say, it should have been someone like James Garner, you know, who's a dead ball specialist. Di seems to be someone who who puts who puts the players out there, trust them to make the right decisions and get the job done. I think in hindsight, I wish he'd been a bit more actual Mourinho than ginger Mourinho, and insisted that you know the mm. right players at least make up the core five penalty takers because yeah you know, I mean with with England, we've seen we've had these debates in the past about all the preparation that needs to go into these things and and the right players with the right mentality taking the you know really important penalties. I would like to think that Onana kind of lost sleep over it. I you know maybe probably didn't. I mean, he just I don't know it's it was it was a it was potentially a massive kick in our you know in our certainly immediate history you know, our short-term history. And I just, yeah, like you, I, I'm, it's going to, like you said, Andy, it's going to take a while to get over that one.
1: There's so many questions, aren't there? So y- you would imagine that they have discussed if this goes to penalties, guys, because it's very possible in this competition that the games go to penalties, you know, hundred percent, yeah. because it goes straight there after 90 minutes. So I cannot believe that Sean Dyche would not have covered that during the week. I mean, I can't imagine that, right? So, okay, if it goes there, Regardless, you know, regardless of who's on the pitch at the time, let's discuss penalties. You know, this is probably off the field rather than on the field. You practice them, of course, you do. So, they've sent out those five players in that order. Now they must know how Onana's going to take a penalty to choose him for the five. So, Deich must know that if it comes to it, Onana's going to do a short run up and see if he can outfox the keeper. Unless he's been, unless he he changed his mind on the night, which I can't imagine. And, And in training, he's been rocketing them in the top corner. I can't see that. So that they know that the fifth penalty taker on the night is going to do that. That does not sound like anything else we've heard or seen from Sean Dyche. Does it? I mean, he's meticulous. I mean, he must have given them an order, or they've given themselves an order, and they must know that Onana is going to take it like that. So, to me, that doesn't feel like a very, you know, Sean Dyche is all about percentages and making sure you give, you know, the the, the basics of the game are right. I just cannot believe that's a Sean Dyche fifth penalty taker on the night. It just doesn't make any sense. I mean, they're it, it, seeing how Tarkovsky took his. I would imagine that would be. More kind of like, well if it comes to it, we know that Taki's just gonna absolutely just, smack it. Just
3: leather it, yeah. <laughs> um
1: I just it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. It 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 I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna choose someone to take a penalty who takes them in that manner, because they've obviously seen Onana take a penalty in training before, otherwise why would you say, well, you have the fifth then? Right? Would you not let him go first or second? Um I mean we got a, yeah. in, in the it, it, for a bit of balance here, Pereira for Fulham did exactly the same thing, but he's obviously adept enough or he was just lucky on the night that Pickford went the wrong way because he took exactly the same penalty basically now the, but they put him second or whatever it was second or third to do that. I just I don't know it I mean I'm annoyed about it this is probably why I'm kind of going over the top on this, but i i it just doesn't make any sense that that's your fifth penalty taker on the night when we've never seen him take a penalty before and he you know he's going to take it like that i mean if the goalkeeper dives the wrong way we're all going oh wow this this guy's a bit special isn't he to do that in, <laughs> yeah. in the guy is straight but you need a level of you need a level of something or other to be able to do that and pull it off um I'm just not sure there's any evidence to suggest that was the right call.
2: No, same. I, I, I agree completely. That's really well put. I mean, Pereira had this little sort of shoulder and like sort of, you know, and he, he kind of put he put sort of pickford on his backside or yes. like, didn't he and then it's like, oh i'm just gonna roll it into the other corner and like you say there's a skill in that and all this was some sort of weird like little run up a little bit of a hop and like oh, oh crap now what do i do so sort of thing it was just like i don't know it didn't feel like that even that's even like how he'd normally take a penalty to me not that i'd know because i've never seen him has he ever taken a penalty in his life i doubt it you know like not in a not in a you know a, a proper fixture but um Yeah, we were saying the same thing on the way home, Andy. We, we we was yeah, like why, why was he number five? We just could not fathom why he was, why he was the fifth penalty taker. Why was he even in that five? We just couldn't fathom. But um. I watched Sean Dyche's, uh interview before with uh, with Everton, uh, Everton TV and he referenced uh, Stoney, I imagine, obviously Steve Stone, but um, as the guy who sort of organised all that. Now, not not in a sort of passing the book sort of way, you know, Steve, you know Stoney, there was like like praising Steve Stone for how well he sort of, you know, has, has been working on the guys for that. So, they have been practicing it. They must have had some sort of faith in an honour to, you know, obviously a lot of faith in an honour to put that away. So, you have to assume he's just been putting them away in training or, and just been, you know, looking Really up fit. I just still, I still just can't fathom it. It just doesn't strike me as a ball striker. You know what I mean? He's not, is he? <laughs> he, 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 he you know, he's, he's, a, he's a neat and tidy passer. He gets around the pitch well, makes good tackles, interceptions, gets around a lot of high energy. Shooting isn't his strong point. We've seen that now for, for over the year. You know what I mean? So we, we know what his, uh, what his strengths and weaknesses are. So striking the ball at goal, it certainly isn't one of them. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm still. I could go on and on about it, and I've been going. I have been going on about it for <laughs> nearly twenty-four hours now. <laughs> it's um, and just so and so annoyed about it. Um, but yeah, I just don't know what. Else I mean, you made a good point as well then about like decot over over He he made a fool of himself doing it. Why would you? Why would you? Why would you copy that sort of uh, <laughs> that action? Uh, honestly, I just don't know what else to say. It's just so frustrated. I really, am.
3: If and if you're gonna do it, at least put <clears throat> some power behind it and put it in the corner. He didn't. He put it almost down the middle of the goal. You know, uh, it's just annoying. The goalkeeper caught it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it was like a soft back pass, really, wasn't it? It was so routine.
1: I mean, all, all of those things you just said about Onana, you could actually apply to Garner Gay as well. I mean, we know he's not very good in front of goal. We know he's not a natural striker of the ball. And yet he's higher in the order than somebody... I don't know uh, who else was to go. Branthwaite was still left. Uh, who else did well, we have? Well, Pickford still
3: left? takes a mean penalty, as well, we've yeah.
1: seen. Like you Pickford, yeah, Pickford. So, I mean, I know it's all great in hindsight. Yeah. It's all great in hindsight, isn't it? But I, 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 if you were going to choose, well, maybe we didn't know about Onana, but if you were going to choose the two players to Ever- from Everton to miss in those eight <laughs> penalties we took or whatever, you you definitely go Ghana Gay. Um.
2: Yeah, to be fair, it's just a guy. I mean, it, there wasn't a lot left there, was there? It's, it's lower down the order, then. I mean, you know, I, 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 I defend him for stepping up and and, and taking it. You know, otherwise, it's you, you're leaving it on the younger players then, and yeah. Fanfrey and Patterson. You know, what I mean, he's yeah. a senior player; he should be stepping. Up. Yeah, I mean, so and yeah, you know, we, we, we know we, and he and bloody hell, he did a lot better than Anon did. I mean, was, you know, he was yeah, he was a little bit unlucky, wasn't he? You know, what I mean, and, you know, another, another day it might sneak in. You know, so uh, yeah, I mean, obviously lost. Is either seventh or the eighth penalty take it. You know, it's Pickford would have been a better shout to be fair. But I didn't really think of that. But um yeah, I don't I don't really criticize myself for Jesse it because at least he, you know, he had the character step up and take it. And you know, as a senior player, he did that. It's, it's hard to criticize him at that. He didn't make himself number five and do that, did yeah, he?
3: Yeah, no, exactly. I think he was in the sort of part of the order that, that you would expect him to be. I mean, he takes. I think he's taken penalties for Senegal before, so he can do it. Um, yeah. The, mm. the, the argument, the argument does come down to the most important, you know, um, spot in the order. If all, if 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 it goes that far, is the fifth penalty. And you need someone who's accomplished at it to do it. And, you know, we didn't. Um, Andy, you mentioned that on the you know, WhatsApp group that you were pondering on the drive back, which player from Everton's past you'd have wanted to take that decisive penalty. Who, who did you come up with? Uh,
1: well, I had a long drive back. Uh, so I came up with several hundred players that I would prefer there than Unana. Um, <laughs> uh, but I mean, you know... I grew up maybe well yeah the first proper penalty taker that I can remember that didn't that always took them and didn't really miss was David Unsworth um uh, and I suppose for me he or I I just imagined Leighton Baines walking up there um having said that I was also at the Leicester League Cup quarter final um <laughs> So can you just remind me next year not to go to a League Cup game because um, <laughs> it's starting to grate a bit now. Um, so uh, yeah, and Bainesy missed that night, having put a thirty-yarder in the top corner to get us there. He then had his penalty saved. It was saved, wasn't it, by Schmeichel? Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I am um, yeah. I, I imagined, or in my in my mind's eye afterwards, I thought, well, if if it was Bainesy or if it was David Unsworth, I would have thought, wow, we've won it, we've done it. We've got to number five. Here he comes. Um, but no, not to be. Um, I don't even know. I don't even know of anybody else that I would have truly trusted from our most recent past. I don't, I'll hand it over to Paul, otherwise, I'm going to mention everybody.
2: Hmm. <laughs> One, I don't know if he ever took a penalty for us or not, but Paul Gascombe was pretty solid, wasn't he? <laughs> In that sort of so, uh Maybe more realistically, uh, Mikel Arteta was a, a similar milk to Baines, really, I think. Yeah. Unsworth, Baines, Arteta were kind of three which you thought were very reliable from the penalty spot and didn't miss an awful lot. So... Uh, and you them three. I think you're in pretty, pretty safe hands. Um, yeah, just for an alternative, we'll go with Arteta. But I'd, I'd have Gaza in the five.
3: <laughs> I'd have gone with the bloke who last did it for us in that pressure situation is Phil Jagielka. So you know, I mean, Unsworth was Unsworth was the one that came to mind, and obviously Leighton Baines also. But you know, with the caveat that he did miss that penalty. But yes, he was, you know, clearly one of our, uh, one of our more accomplished penalty takers. Just, just going back to the, the game as a whole, I mean, I think we looked tired. It looked like a tired team that had, for lots for long portions of that match just didn't have many ideas. The, the loss of Decore clearly is a disruption to the way that we play. Um, it's been a while since we've played that direct, that consistently. I mean, it was just a succession of long balls forward. Um, and I think that the, the difference maker actually in the end was Dan Juma because he just added that little bit of guile uh, on, on, the, on the left flank, um, which of the, in his cross creates the goal, almost scores a, a cracking volley actually to, to, to win yeah. it at the end. Um, but the rest of the game, I just thought, I, mean, I just thought we were, I thought both teams were poor actually. They were playing um, quite a number of balls over the, uh, attempted balls over the top as well, particularly in that first half. But, you know, having said that, we restricted them to almost nothing. They didn't have a shot on target until, I think, the very end of the first half. They, obviously, they'd gone ahead without having had a shot on target. And I think we don't, we'd also had one in the first half. Uh, you know They look after the ball better than we do, but I think both teams were as bad as each other for long periods of that. On balance, though, I think on, ch- on chances created, we probably um, deserve to edge it. I think if it had gone to extra time, you kind of would have fancied us. Yeah. And I did. I did find myself thinking, you know, I'm quite disappointed now. We don't have extra time because, a, I hate penalties, and b, I just think, you know, the momentum was with us, and I think we probably would have uh, probably would have had enough to, to get it over the line.
1: In in that yeah. kind of tiredness, and I think there was definitely a tiredness there. Um, like I said earlier, I I can see why we're doing well relatively, because. There, there is a there's a much better overall pattern and overall structure to what we do, especially yeah. with that. Um, and there's an effort, there's a real effort. Uh, and you and you look at you know McNeil, who was on my side, obviously one of the halves. Um, it, you know he just keeps going, he just keeps running, and he gets in the right positions to defend. And you've got to credit that massively. And and I think that's where this Everton team has got so much better. Um, it's just that appreciation of defending and appreciation of effort to get yourself in the, in the right position. I mean, how many times, well, what something that struck me last night? How many times in the, in the more recent past have we given the ball away in the center of the pitch and all of a sudden the other team are kind of almost in, they've got two on one or they've got a three on two or they've, and they, all of a sudden, we're like, oh my gosh, what have we done? Now, last, year, last night, yes, we did give the ball away a little bit in the centre of the pitch. And there was that kind of intake of breath from Goodison. But then within two, three seconds, players were gathering where you wanted them. And we kind of just snuffed it out, and it didn't really ever make anything. Where before, give the ball away in the middle of the park, and we were all over the place. Um, there's a kind of power of recovery now, which. Um, I was really impressed with. Um, And you know what? I'll say it. I'm really, really pleased. And I was really pleased when I looked at the the team news. No one can say that Sean Dyche didn't chuck everything at that. You know, we've said about managers in the past, especially in the League Cup, or they've, you know, they've not, you know, even in the the years where we were actually all right in the League, you know, we could have had a good run at the Cup and didn't. This year, it's still quite dicey in the League, I would say um but he really did give it everything he could and i think he deserves massive credit for that and and, and he deserved for the fifth penalty to go in i think because um he, i think he may have looked at it may, might have looked at it like okay you're all knackered give me this one and then we can you know it it sets up a a brilliant opportunity for us in a few weeks time when we've hopefully got a bit of recovery in um i thought that was to his credit um and yes it was to uh, average tired teams but we definitely definitely deserve to win that game on the 90 minutes i didn't think fulham did much at all really yeah
2: no but i agree yeah, yeah i thought we, i thought we really definitely the better team and again i think fulham because they had someone to hold on to yeah you know i mean but you haven't been a goal up in that second half they <clears throat> they were happy to defend for for, for nearly the whole, whole second half really and uh eventually I mean you sort of, they were happy to get penalties at the end. You sort of like Anthony Robinson wasting time at the end to sort of like rather than sort of try and get one last attack and like that's not that we'll uh we'll take our chances with the penalties, thank you. So um yeah from this thing I bet Sean dice wishes he could have taken the penalty. He took quite a famous one for Chesterfield, didn't he? <laughs> Which is uh, exactly how you should uh, should be taking um taking them ones. But He's always talking about mentality, isn't he? But um, he's right, and it, it kind of brushes on the things you just spoke about. And they have, you yeah, know, they fight hard for each other, don't they? they, they, you, know, they, they you know, the you know, the passing all over the pitch to try and get that ball back. They're so fit. If you go back, uh, we we're, we're early, we're pretty much there, like uh, twelve months now from when we lost the uh, lost to Wolves just after the World Cup um, under under Frank Lampard, and we're a million miles from there now. Where you know, like that, that, we're like you know, for. for Largely a lot of the same personnel. We're, we're um yeah, you know, so, but head and shoulders above there, you know, above, above that performance level now. Um, and you got to credit Sean Dyche for that. He, you know, he's um he's got them all working and yeah, you know, believing in each other and working really hard and it's just great to see. It. That that that's the kind of identity to Everton that I you know haven't watched movies for so long and that's just kind of what I was yeah you know, most of my you know what I've growing up sort of the um my. Favoured, fond of Everton Emery's, where the, the better David Moyes team, we played with a bit of flair, but you know, didn't half work hard and we're a really fit bunch and we worked with each other. You know, it's it reminds me a little bit of that now. And it's just good to see sort of have that have that Everton back a little bit more. And you know, they won't always play great, but you know, they'll they'll always give you they'll always give it everything. And that's what that's what Sean's doing here. You know, it's con- consistency and that as well. So, um, it's a real shame he couldn't go through. It would kind of make this Saturday's game like a little bit of a write-off, you know, a little bit academic almost, I think, because we've given ourselves a bit of distance from the bottom, you know, from the bottom uh, bottom teams there. I think everyone, certainly me, would have thought, well, you take beating uh, um, Fulham and losing at Spurs, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, 100%, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. But now it's like, well, we don't have a lot else to play for. We're going to have to sort of, you know, we're going to have to go to Spurs now. And, uh, you know, I'm sure Sean would have had them there, giving it everything anyway, but now we kind of have to go and give everything and hope that we can get something and see what we can do. And it, it, it's a, it's a real shame, isn't it? Because we're deduction. We might get, we might not get any points back, but even if we get say five points back, that's going to be very, very difficult to sort of mount any sort of, you know, challenge for a European position when you're five points down. You know what I mean? Of course, it it's going to be like nigh on impossible, even with that. So, you know, FE cup, it, we haven't got a particularly favourable draw. We never get a third. When did we ever get like third round at home to Chesterfield or Bolton or <laughs> yeah, never ever. No, we got to go to Palace away on the Thursday night. You know what I mean? So it's um, it's not not saying it's impossible, of course, but it's it's you know it's are like having to do it all over again when we've just done so much in the cup. It's just I don't know. Maybe when we come to it, it, might feel a bit more positive about it. But tough, tough league games between now and then. You know, it, it, the league could look a little different, and it, it might become much less a priority in a few weeks' time. That that game at Sellers Park. So it's a real. A real season change last night. I feel, you know, like for for a number of reasons, and it's just so frustrating we couldn't get couldn't get over the line on that. But as I say, no no criticism from me for for uh, for the players for <laughs> for nearly except for one kick for nearly all really because they 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 did give it they did give it everything and Dice has got them doing that game in game out really.
3: Yeah, and that mentality change, I think, is what's going to carry us through. It's going to be the, the sort of the key that that gets us through what what's looking to be a difficult period now, as the injuries start to to you know to to affect the the first team. you speaking of Moyes, obviously. That statistics that that we hadn't. Uh, won four games on the bounce without conceding since 2002, which is obviously David Moyes's, uh, nah. you know, first full season in charge. There's there's lots of parallels, lots of parallels with um with with Moyes with Deitch. and so you know, again from that perspective, you know, the way that he's he's got the team grounded, he's the way he's got them working for each other. You know, I think we're gonna that's that's going to see us through. That's going to see us through what I think is going to be a, a, a tricky period. Um, and I think, uh, you know, before the season started, we like, again, we'd collectively regarded a cup run as a bonus. Uh, again, we still have the FA Cup to come. And again, the Premier League specifically staying in it was always going to be the priority. So in that respect, Saturday at Burnley was, I mean, it was another terrific day at the office. A fourth win, fourth clean sheet, as I said, in succession, and up one more place to 16th, leapfrogging uh, Forrest in the process. I think the consensus was that if we're going to lose Branthwaite, Gay, and also to Corey, then a, a game against a side that's only won once at home all season was perhaps an almost uh, ideal occasion for it. I mean, we couldn't have asked for much more in that respect, could we, Andy?
1: No, I thought it was thoroughly professional. Um, and again, it, it wasn't vintage, but it didn't have to be on the day. We took our chances that came along. Right. They didn't have an awful lot really. Um, I thought I thought they were quite poor, actually. Burnley, um, they desperately need a plan B, don't they? But they're not going to have one under company, I don't think. Um, and it was, it was, it was a hark back to to those days when you kind of knew what you were going to get from Everton. You know, a, a strong, yeah. dogged, well organised team with just that little bit more quality than the the, the opposition. Um, you know, reminded me of. I don't know, an away day at Wigan or an away day at um uh, one of the other struggling sides uh, in, in the past kind of decade where we've just kind of we've just we, we are just slightly better than them and we've proved it. Um I thought it was it was just a truly professional performance and um and at that point <laughs> well not that not that not that last night's really affected my my view on it, but at that point I was thinking, wow, I mean what is the ceiling for this lot? Um, You know, we're we're scoring goals from different sources. We're scoring um, with players coming into the team. I mean, massive shout out to to Ben Godfrey and Michael Keane for the performance of Burnley. Um, I thought they were both brilliant. And that was a fantastic sign that players that we were doubting a month ago are actually able to just slot back in. And I mean, even even Keane last night, there were a a few moments where he... Juggled with the ball, um, as Michael Keane tends to do. But really, <laughs> he was um, he was quite he was quite solid. Um, didn't really do anything wrong. Um, so it's 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 great to know that they can slot back in. Um, yeah, I, I i thought I thought that one. If if the Fulham game was a kind of season changer in one way, I think going to Burnley and being that dismissive and that. Uh, professional and that routine about it was also a a season changer or a or maybe a thinking changer in, in the short term. Like the fact that oh oh we can do that again now. Oh, oh we're not we're not gonna do something really strange at Burnley having beaten Chelsea and Newcastle. That's that's heartwarming. Um and <laughs> um so I I yeah I mean that would to me just gave me even more confidence in the kind of the platforms that are being made, built um, foundations that are being made by this team. And um, it's interesting, the narrative, isn't it, that that other football fans start talking to you. Like, you know, a month ago, it was all about the finances and all about the deduction and all about the blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden, people are going, Sean Dyche is doing a good job, isn't he? Um, (laughs) um, And as you know, I've always been a huge fan of Sean Dyche and I, I hoped he would get to this stage of having a really good crack at the whip um, and, he, and he's once again the sign of a good coach everybody he's getting the best out of the group he's got um, and, um, and I, I Burnley was another massive example of that
2: I remember like well, after the game I, I thought like if I was a Burnley fan I'd have been really disappointed in that um, not really talk, I don't want to talk about too much about Burnley obviously we want to talk more about ourselves but yeah, it felt like, a, to me, like a bit of an opportunity for them in a way because, uh, I it was because they were. I think we were only like, were we four points above them or something like, that, like going into the game? It was a lot of a six pointer We that we had injuries, suspensions, and it's Sean Dice coming back and a couple of ex players. And yeah, you, you, know, you always want to get one over on them, don't you? You know, even if even if you do admire them and respect them, and uh, you know the you know, they did a good job for you. They barely laid the governors, really, did they? It was really, uh, it was yeah, it was, it was pretty comfortable that, and um, yeah. I, we never got around to doing um, a podcast specifically on this one, did we before, for this call? But yeah, I remember thinking good, good on the squad players there, Yeah, Michael Keane and um, Ben Godfrey and uh, you say Lewis Dobbin as well, coming off the bench and scoring a goal against Chelsea. And then obviously coming on for 45 minutes and doing okay. I'd say, um, yeah, so they're all, they're all, yeah. And again, if you go on to last night, Dan Juma coming on and, yeah making an impact in the game, Beto coming on, making an impact in the game and scoring. Um, you know, Dan Juma put away his penalty as well. So I think we're at the point we're having to see more of these players now, aren't we? Just purely because of the. Um, I, f- I think we-, we expected injuries to come and all that, but it feel like they come very, very thick and fast all at once. You know, what I mean, very, very, just like just for sudden. It's it, it's kind of happened, hasn't it? Um, and that'll happen with a small squad, and that's where you got to. Yeah, they, they've all got to um, dig in and do the best. So um, yeah. As you say, dismissive really, wasn't it? It was really um very very comfortable win. And I think the key thing key thing is just putting that big, big chunk of daylight between ourselves and the and the bottom three now. Um which is why obviously a win last night would have just been amazing because then we could certainly go into this game at the weekend going, like, honestly, we can lose this. I'm not saying you want to, but you know, it really, you know, you really let them off if if the if the, you know, came in a bit, you know a bit rubbish, a bit knackered and you know, <laughs> just didn't get much much out of it, make a few changes, you know, and and, and, and get out of there because um they'll they'll have earned that in a way. But um yeah, um good effort at Burnley is really impressed.
3: Yeah. I don't think we can we shouldn't really lose sight of, you know, of, of how we felt after Burnley. I I mean last night was a was a gut punch and perhaps a bit of a reality check in that, you know, even on our on our worst days. You know we're going to have we're still going to have problems um, getting getting things over the line. Uh, interesting uh, from the formation standpoint that against um, against Fulham last night he actually put Brathwaite as left back during his uh, his best Jordan Leska impression uh, uh, rather than go with the back three. Uh, and looking ahead now to the um, to the visit to Tottenham, do same again or do we revert back to that that back three that we deployed at Burnley?
1: I suppose it depends whether Michalenko's fit, doesn't it? Really, um, yeah.
3: I'm I'm kind of asking on the assumption that he's not going to be, but I don't know. I don't hmm. know either way at this point.
1: I mean, because if he's not, I can see Deitch thinking that three centre halves might be the way to go, anyway. Um, because it it just I mean the way Spurs play, it's it's um, there's so many numbers bombing forward um, in the centre of the pitch. I mean, I can see him going three at the back. Um, I suppose it would be the three that played across the back four last night, plus McNeil one side and Patterson the other, um, which is quite harsh on Ben Godfrey actually. But I suppose he it see it feels like um, Deich prefers Keane to Godfrey um, if we're going to do a pecking order. It feels like if there's a centre half spot, Keane will get it before Godfrey, but that's not to suggest that Godfrey did anything wrong really. Uh, I suppose neither did Keane. Um but I can see him going with three at the back, um which makes it a five if we are under the cosh. Uh it gives him a chance to maybe get um the still the same bodies in midfield. Um it's just what we do. Again, depends whether DeCore's fit. Um I mean
3: He won't he I think he won't be. Dice has said it's unlikely that he will be.
1: Right, okay. So in which case, what are we thinking beyond the three? Obviously beyond beyond the five that I've just mentioned, will it be a, a three man midfield with potentially Dan Juma behind Carvert Lewin? Or or will he play I mean he's, he's got Onana, Ghana, Garner? Garner there's a three-man midfield, yeah. you'd think.
3: Those three, yeah.
1: And then, well, does he play Beto? Does he play Dobbin? Does he play Harrison? Probably Harrison. Yeah. Is a kind of yeah. a 10? I, I don't know. Is it be interesting to see what he does, but um, I've forgotten Harrison, actually. Yeah, he would probably play Harrison, but I, I think he'll go three. Unless a 100% fit and we, he can go back to his four that was doing so well.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah, I w- I, w- I was surprised to see because um, obviously we saw the the team um before the game and I was surprised that that they lined up like that actually. Uh with um Ramphaite at left back. I thought it was gonna be the uh, the three at the back. Now maybe it's I I, I didn't really see really I couldn't really tell exactly how Fulham lining lining up, but maybe it was something to do with countering how Fulham play by having the four there instead of having a five. Maybe he wanted to go for it a bit more at home. I don't know, but um I thought that you know that, that they seem to the times they played that three at the back it's it's kinda of worked quite well. Most of the time you think back to the uh you know scrambled some for the way at Wolves last season, the Bournemouth game, which we we had to win and uh we, we had to go into this into this you know three at the back system and, and did it away at Villa in the cup this season surprised everyone with that away at Burnley you know what I mean so it's it, it, it seems to work quite well maybe they got the right personnel for it so I think with all the injuries and that it's, um, it might be assuming particularly assuming Mikhailenko is not available it might be the um the safest assumption to go with the three at the back That's we'll to see who's available there, there could be knocks and bumps from yeah, you know, from 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 yesterday as well. Yeah. I'd say it was quite a feisty game. The likelihood is there is, you know, and like you got to think about fatigue and all that as well. So um, there might be even a few less bodies available than than that you know than, than what we um, what 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 we think we've got. So we we'll just have to go and see what there is, and um, it just kind of feels to me that yeah, it did not to sound too defeated. So It just feels like we're it's a it's a real game we could do about right now. So quickly away at Spurs, we're really going to have to patch a few patch a team up here. They're, they've had a couple of good wins. I watched them against Forest. They they they, they last played on Friday. Yeah, you know I mean, and they had the whole weekend off after that. You know, so they've uh they have plenty of time. with Charlesons and the goals. Um, and they look pretty good. I thought away at Forest. The you know, first time I had a good look at Spurs. They, they they're playing the ball around quite nicely. So um, it could be a tough ask, that game, uh, particularly on the back of the big effort they put in in last night. So. Um, just have to see how they rock up and uh, it's just hard to guess who's going to be playing because I think it's just I just think we've got such limited visibility of who's available and who isn't because I I think there could be more to come from last night in terms of unavailability just a hunch
3: yeah it's amazing it's almost like clockwork isn't it December rolls around all of a sudden the injuries just start piling up
2: yeah so he fixes it once Sean Dyche made a point like uh, in this after-match interview, saying, like, you know, we're playing, we're cramming so many games into December, and then in January, there's hardly any. You're yeah. Like, what, 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 what is this? What, what uh, I get this point, because it's, All well and good if you've got huge squads. You know what I mean? Like you say, I don't know, you look at Liverpool, for example, one week they can play Nunes, next week they can play Gapco, one week they can play Salah, you know, um, uh, Diaz. They've got got so many different options around just as an example. Yeah, I mean, we really haven't. Yeah, we really haven't got that, you know, look, so teams with smaller squads, teams with less ability, they really, it it, it surely affects them at this time of year because it's just not really a fair fight for what you're up against. (laughs) And when two of our games, well, three of our games are Chelsea- We've got massive squad and we've won that. Then Spurs away you know, and then City at home. You know, it's really gonna test us, you know. So it's um yeah, it's gonna be tricky. But um I've to really defeat us there, and it really shouldn't be, because the team have been doing so well and the you know, if you look at league form alone particularly, yeah you know I mean, we have to go and um and they'll give it a good go, I'm sure they will. I just I just worry about fatigue and injuries and what we're up against it, it just might just be a just a step too far on Saturday.
3: Yeah, it's going to have to be one where we just dig in. I think. I think he went. I think he went for the formation that he did with Branthwaite left back against Fulham because I honestly think that he uh, he thought he could get at uh, Fulham, particularly down with um, Tete down that side. I think he just he, he you know he went for it. And I think that was the the right decision. I think against Spurs, the, going with the 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 formation that we had at Burnley and at Villa in the earlier round in the cup is is the way to go. Um, yeah, that, that's. I just think that it's going to have to be a case of us really having to dig in because, as you said, Paul, um, Spurs are playing really, really well now. They had a bit of a hiccup, but now they're getting some of their players back. You know, and um, players like Koleshevsky are in like really, really good form. Um, and as you said, Richarlas sends in the goals, which could you just wait just a couple more weeks? But uh, hopefully, hopefully <laughs> we can keep him quiet. I mean, defensively, that's obviously been our strong point recently. So hopefully we can keep him quiet. Um, but like one other uh, question to both you fellas with uh, with regard to team selection. Um, Dominic Calvert, Loon hasn't scored since October. I think judging him in terms of goals, return on on a performance like last night, where we were just throwing the ball up against two very big central defenders, uh, I think that was it was a bit of a fool's errand as far as he was concerned. So I I felt I felt sorry for him last night because honestly I didn't think he, he stood a he stood a chance. But is there now a case for um, starting Beto, giving Calvert Lewin a bit of a rest and and, and a chance to sort of come on and, and influence the game coming off the bench instead? I think there could be because I think Spurs. Tend to play high; they tend
1: to leave a lot of room behind them, and I just think the natural way in which Beto makes runs is different to Calvert Lewin. Different. Calvert uh, Lewin's qualities are—I mean, I think he's an overall a much better striker than than Beto on his day. But Beto's natural kind of those diving runs, where he just kind of darts in in behind. Um, uh-huh like he did last night a couple of times, actually, and almost got in. Um, I can see that that possibly working against Spurs, um, whereas Calvert-Lewin's qualities, I mean, he's kind of combination play, and I'm not quite sure, especially with the players available. I mean, there was no one to play with him last night. He just had nobody around him. Um, yeah. And Beto felt like a better lone striker for that job and that might extend to to Spurs as well and I think going along what we've been saying is you, you know, it is a bit of a free hit this one really in terms of the quality of both sides um, and the fact that we'll probably ask the same players or very similar players to do the same job again uh, and they've got fresh players coming back I mean, it, it might be a, a good week to, to say to Calvert-Lewin you know, have a have a bit more of a rest this week and come back for the city game, maybe. Um, it just, you know, maybe there's just a bit of room for Beto to make those darting runs and and just to be a bit unpredictable in a game like that. Um, yeah, that that that's what strikes me. It also just thinking whilst you were talking there, it won't it be interesting to see what kind of Amadou Anana we get for the next game? Because that kind of moment. I think he's, I, I, well, I mean, having been there last night to see it, I mean, he, was, he just stood still in the centre circle for about 10 minutes. I, I mean, my, my gaze went off him by the end and I was looking at something else and all of a sudden all the players had moved away. But he was just standing still in the centre circle. I don't think he could quite believe what had happened. And I just wonder, he's a young lad. He's making his way in the game. Obviously, he's learning all the time. But I'm just wondering what kind of Amadou Anana we'll get for the next couple of games um, as well. That's something that struck me just then, as, as you were talking. Um, but no, I wouldn't be surprised. To answer the question, I wouldn't be surprised if Beto got, got a start
2: Hopefully, in Amadou and Arna with you know the bit between his teeth and uh, you know a point to prove and you know hopefully like well up well up for the game you know yeah, look I don't think he's got anything to prove in terms of like his you know his, his match before I think I actually thought he was a little bit off last night he wasn't wasn't you know I thought he had a far better game against Burnley actually I thought he was really good against Burnley um, uh, Amadou but you know he hasn't really got anything to prove I don't think you see because he's a really good player I just hope it's sort of it he reacts to it posit- positively. You know, I think he's, he seems quite popular in the dressing room. He's got good, you know, him and the dressing game seem to have a lot of connection there. He's got good people around him who will support him. Yeah, you know, I think, I think he'll be okay. Don't think he'll be on penalties. Um, <laughs> and, um, <laughs> but uh, Beto, yeah, I wouldn't be adverse to Beto starting. I think it, you know, it's we've really got to think like practically about rotating the squad around and, you know, where, where we can. And there's, there's a clear opportunity there to to rotate um and you know, give give better a chance. He's just scored. Um, scored a couple of goals actually last uh, you know last sort of few games. So um you could argue just golf that alone as well, With Dominic obviously it's been a while since he's uh, since he's founded that now. I think we're a better team overall when Dominic plays. I think I, I believe I agree with Andy, he's uh, a better all round player. But yeah, um maybe he, was, he looked a little bit off it last night also, Dominic. Again, you, you make a good point, Lyndon about the way we played didn't help him. But, yeah, you've seen him play better than that. Um, so, yeah, maybe, maybe a bit of fatigue might be um, might be an opportunity to play better. I wouldn't be adverse to that. I think he's got... I think Beto's going to have to play one of the next two games anyway. And it seems like a bit more sensible if you're going to... If you're talking about rotating, you know what I mean, to do it this way rather than give Calvert-Lewin another task of sort of having to play most of the game and then resting him for the next one. And you've always got a, You know, you can't help it, can you, with Dominic? You've always got a Back of your mind is always... Not, don't want him to get injured. You know what I mean. And we, hopefully he's over that. But um, yeah, I'd like to see. Yeah, I'd be quite happy to see Beto given an opportunity there.
3: Yeah, me too. And and not through any real criticism of the way that Calvert Lewin's been playing. You know, obviously no. he's you know, the goals have been scored by other people, and that's fine. I just think it, it might just be an opportunity just to give him a rest, you know, give him a chance to come off the bench and, and uh, yeah, as you say, rotate, rotate the team, rotate the squad and and try and keep things fresh. I think in terms of his physical profile, that Beto is sort of the closest thing we have to Takure in terms of, you know, just getting around the pitch and, and, and mm. sort of giving, giving defenders problems in that respect. So maybe from that, from that point of view, given that we are probably going to be playing a lot on the break um against Spurs and, and trying to capitalize on that high line. Yeah, maybe he's the one. You're listening to the Toffee Web Podcast. Time for the weekly question. And unfortunately, we have to return to Amadou Anana's horrendous penalty. (laughs) Can you think of an equally, or perhaps more, maddening moment in Everton history, Paul?
2: You know, I was thinking about this and <laughs> I think nearly all of them can, um, include Liverpool games which just yes. shows how, how, damn, how damn cursed we've been against the, you know, and, and I always try to caveat this like, you know, there's been plenty of times we played crap against Liverpool and got well beaten and deservedly so, but there's also been a number of times when <laughs> when we just you're thinking, how's that happened and why? And um, I'll take us back to 1998 and when we're, we're winning 1-0 at Anfield through a really nice strike from Duncan Fergus and then uh, the the ball breaks to Mick Almadar with an open goal. And I don't know what the hell he was thinking, but he just completely fluffed his lines and uh, put it so far wide. It was a goal kicks Liverpool, which they knocked forward and scored within a minute from. So it went from what would have been a very, very good chance of Everton winning the game because, uh, you know, that would have put us two ahead. Not loads of time to play, but instead uh, we drew and it was 1-1. And it was um, just one. I was like... And still, to this day, you'll see that. I think how how did that not go in? How did you fluff the line so badly? So um, I don't think it tops Onana um, honor uh, uh, yet last night. But uh, yeah, not too far away. That was uh, that's the one that that was the first one that came to my mind.
1: There's been so many, haven't there? I mean, it's like <laughs> this is like trying to choose alternative penalty takers to Onana. Um, it, it, for me, the word maddening is important here. Let's let and, and that kind of focuses the mind a bit because so much of, of what's happened, especially in the most recent seasons, which obviously clouds your memory and, and takes over a bit here as well, um, that's just left me numb. That hasn't really left me mad. It's left me d- with dread and like a numb feeling of, oh no, you know, Maddening is a very, is a very particular,
0: <laughs> it's a very particular
1: Everton thing. Um, now, I've got three in front of me. I've run out. I could, I could, could fill four sheets of A4 off the top of my head, but <coughs> I've got three in front of me. Um. <laughs> One was John Terry scoring in the last minute for Chelsea at Stamford oh, Bridge. God, yeah. Oh,
3: yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. I think I, I was watching it where I'm sitting now. I think I've told this story before. I, I, I was watching it where I'm sitting now on the laptop. And when it went in, I actually hit this, I hit this desk, right? I hit it so hard, I actually did hurt myself. Um, with just with the palm of my hand. <laughs> because I couldn't think of anything else to do. And I swore. And I stood behind the chair, kind of got up from my chair. I kind of stood and just leaned over the chair just to check it was actually true from a different angle. Um, <laughs> uh, that, I was mad. I was mad. Um, <laughs> the, another time I was mad and I was, again, I, I kind of, I didn't know what to do with myself physically. It was April 2021 under Carlo. And it was getting to that point where we'd been absolutely brilliant and then it started to tail off a little bit. And we needed to kind of, we, we, you know, we had to get some wins to stay in the European picture. Do you remember Michi Batshuayi scoring for Crystal Palace right at the end at Goodison? Yeah. He'd been on for about a minute. And I remember thinking to myself, <laughs> "Oh God, not Mitchy Batchway." That's, and it, it was super... <laughs> it was a sloppy goal. It ended one-one, and that one, that, then it kind of just started to fall away completely. And you thought all that effort, you know, what were we at Boxing Day? We were second on Boxing Day that year, something like that. Yes, yeah, and you could just feel it—the kind of. The, the claws down the cliff were hanging on to something. And then Michi Batshuai comes on and just rips your hand away and then they're falling down the cliff, tumbling down there. Um I was mad. Mad with Everton. Um I'm mad thinking about it. Um, and fine I don't want to take them all off you, Linden, but I'm sure you've got loads of examples. Um <laughs> the third one, and I think this is this was between Maddening and Numb, which is uh, kind of the crossover point between the two, Burnley three, Everton two from April 2022. When we went two two, Richarlison penalties, I think, if I remember rightly, we were in control of the game. And if we'd won that day, I think we could have all taken a deep breath from this whole relegation scenario. But to, but to let them win it, not just draw it, to, oh, oh.
3: Uh, that's 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 a good one that's a good one actually speaking of speaking of carlo that the one just as you were talking the one that flashed to me was the season before against newcastle you know that game i mean how 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 bloody maddening was that throw away away three points in the space of two minutes and stuff or one minute in stoppage time That, that was maddening but uh yeah mine mine yes mine the ones that I could think of all involved Liverpool. Um, I mean, <laughs> the, the one, the Sylvan Distan in, in, in the, the cup semi final at Wembley that uh, was, um, oh. I mean, it, it was maddening because it did make me mad, and obviously, in hindsight, you can kind of think, you know, it was just an act, it was just a, just a mistake. <laughs> um, and in, and in that respect, Onana last night was far more infuriating, um, because there was a lot more thought that went into what Onana did than, than what Distan did. Um, yeah, the other, the other. The other one, the main one, involves uh, referees. I think there was the the derby at Goodison, where the referee allowed Gary McAllister to take a free kick ten yards further forward than it than it should have been, and he floated that in, uh, over whichever goalkeeper was at the time. Um, and Gerard. yeah, Gerard. And then the other one was obviously the Graham pole where you know the ball gets booted in Don Hutchinson's backside, the ball's going to cross the line, and he blows the whistle right at the end of the game and i was there and i almost spontaneously combusted with rage it was unbelievable i could (laughs) i could not believe it and at at the same time i could so (laughs) yeah i think those are the ones i mean but yeah the longer you think about it the more you can the more you'll come up with because you know it's we've had you know 30 years of, of frustration so i'm sure there are many 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 more that you could think of
2: well, hopefully we get plenty in the uh, in the comments on web and hopefully on Twitter it'd be nice to see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, actually it'll, it'll go on forever and ever. It, <laughs> it will. <worse. laughs> like uh, ever. so, might like this podcast. If we're not careful, the um one more. Can I just can I just have one more? Of course, more? Yeah. The, um, Would be um, <laughs> when we just this, we uh, have you, <laughs> We got another <level> hour, folks. <laughs> um, now we're, we're beating Man United two 0 I think um, Manny Fernandez scored that absolute. Oh beautiful goal when he just took a touch and smashed mm-hmm. them we're, we're coasting that really like yeah I think yeah well coasting's a bit much but we're very comfortable then Ian Turner just does something Martin comes running out and just like uh,
3: you know
2: <laughs> hacks at a player or something and uh, they, they does something ridiculous and gets himself in trouble. Oh, they j- dropped the cross, didn't they, and yeah. inexplicably. And then they scored. And then but we're still two one up. And then the, the ball's coming, like it's 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 going towards our goal, but it's on the goal line. And Lee Carsey's about to sort of just whack it clear on the line. Phil Neville just come, playing for us. Phil Neville comes from nowhere and just boots it into their own net. When, is this like, <laughs> it's like he's going to claim it. (laughs) Then, obviously, man, you just got gather momentum and one four two is.
3: Oh Oh boy, I can uh, I can sense an Everton book coming on. (laughs) 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 All right, thanks, fellas. We'll we'll leave it there. That was um, that was cathartic in the end. I'm glad we did it. Um, I'm not sure I feel much better, but it can't be helped now. (laughs) Um, Hopefully, we can get a result against Spurs on Saturday to take us into Christmas. Uh, on that note, uh, look out for our Christmas quiz podcast, either around Christmas or into the New Year, depending on when we can get around to it. Um, that, will, uh, that was good for a laugh last year, and we'll be doing it again uh, this year at some point. But until we return with more chat about all things blue, uh, on behalf of Andy, Paul, and everyone on the Talkware podcast team, let me wish everyone a really happy Christmas. And, of course, up the top.